everyone, and welcome to Keeping Them Safe. My name is Sharon Doty, and I am here with a commitment to empower you to create safe environments for children. Environments in which adults who have as their objective preying on our children for sexual gratification no longer have access to our kids because we are creating environments where they can't actually fulfill on that commitment. Keeping them safe is committed to creating an environment where no child ever has to fear being sexually assaulted by someone that says they care about them and where we create environments where all children and the adults who interact with them do so in a safe and healthy environment that is open, that is observable, proper, effortless, and non-sexual. Today we are going to continue looking at the potentially risky adult behaviors that are exhibited by adults in environments that place a risk on children. You know, if we are going to uh, create this environment where children are safe, if we want to promote and maintain that kind of environment, we have to keep raising the bar on our game. And what that requires, as I mentioned last week, is that we look again periodically at the basics, that we reinvent, reinvest, reinforce ways of being that predators have told us are ways that they gain access to our children. We must reinforce those. We must listen again. We must reconsider. We must begin to be uh, relentless, if you will, at developing ourselves as people who automatically see those behaviors, automatically see those situations, and automatically know what to do. So again, that includes looking at the basics over and over again to see how we can expand our capacity for identifying and interrupting those potentially risky behaviors that can lead to the sexual abuse of our children. We're going to take a look today at a couple of the other warning signs, potentially risky behaviors of adults. The first one I want to revisit today is the one that I think is, um, uh, and, and has proven it, that over the years to be the most difficult to communicate effectively to doting grandparents aunts and uncles. There's, uh, there's almost a social agreement that it's okay for these adults to adult children, to indulge children and to keep it secret. There are lots of reasons and justifications for this, but the truth is that to keep our children safe, this has to stop because one of the behavioral characteristics that is most prevalent and most effective, um, that is used by potential predators is they give gifts to children without permission. And then they tell the children not to tell. And in that process, they also allow children to do things their parents wouldn't allow. Two things that are difficult for grandparents, aunts and uncles who love their grandchildren and who, as my mother used to have a sign on her wall, 
adhere to the principle that if I'd have known grandparenting was this much fun, I'd have skipped right to that. Grandparents get off the hook for a lot of things. But predators then can be the real beneficiary of that behavior. See, they know that for the child, a no from parents can seem like the end of the world. And predators can and do use that experience to drive a wedge between parents and children. As loving grandparents and aunts and uncles, we, we just want to see the children we love be happy and carefree. And, you know, let's face it. I'm a grandmother with eight grandchildren, and sometimes we think the parents are being rigid and unthinking. And if you tell the truth, especially grandparents, but sometimes aunts and uncles, if you actually tell the truth, you think you know better. And even sometimes, yes, don't see the harm in what you're doing. We forget, we absolutely forget that the decision, the ultimate decision about what children should and should not have or should and should not do is not ours to make. It's up to parents, and as long as we respect the parents' right to make that choice, we thwart the efforts of predators to undermine that relationship between parents and children. I want to dwell a little bit on that so that you actually can get a picture of it, because I'm sure there are a few of you who are thinking, well, what's the big deal? So I let them stay up later. So I let them have a sugary snack after school. Uh, so I let them have a soda and I didn't ask mom. What's the big deal? It's only once in a while. And it is like a special treat when they're with grandparents. Now that may all be true as a reality in the world and the, rea the real function or the real deal with children in terms of the harm that it may cause to have a soda, that may be the case. The problem here is not that you gave it to them. The problem is that you let them have it without parents' permission, and they know that. See, they know when you say, okay, you can have a soda, just don't tell mom. When they, they know that you, someone they love and trust completely, are going against mom and dad's wishes, and it's okay. They think it's okay. Now, what about that potential predator in their life? When that person says it's okay if we do this and don't tell mom, they now have been conditioned by you to accept that as appropriate, to accept that as something that isn't a problem, to accept that as being okay. And while your intention 
may have been inside that world of you know better, just don't see the harm. The intention of that potential predator is breaking down the relationship between the parent and the child so that they continue to gain more intimate access to that child. And frankly, I had to confront, and I think you do too, that it all starts with me. I'm the one, the grandparent, who buys and used to give a lot of gifts without permission. I now buy gifts without permission. I don't give them without permission. Not up to me to say, A, whether they can have it at all, whatever it is, or B, whether today is a good day for them to get a gift. Turns out not every day is. Was it with your children? Were there days when you were raising kids when you thought, this is definitely not a day that I am showering them with presents? The way they've behaved, <laughs> the way they've minded or not, the, the misery they have provoked and evoked <laughs> doesn't deserve to be rewarded. Well, it's not up to me to say if that's the day. It's up to the parents. And as grandparents and aunts and uncles, people who care about and indulge children, because we absolutely love and adore them, it's up to us to take responsibility for not giving gifts without permission, for not to, to refuse, refuse absolutely to tell a child not to tell their parents what's happening. It is up to us to create that world where the children know that if they're being allowed to do something that parents wouldn't allow, that the parents have given their permission for it because of the occasion or because of the person they're with or simply because they're giving you a free reign for a day. See, at the end of the day, it's really about whether you as a parent, as a grandparent in particular, or maybe an estranged parent, a divorced parent, are going to be part of the problem or part of the solution. When we as grandparents, aunts and uncles and caring adults, when we disrespect the parents' wishes, when we give gifts without permission, when we tell children to keep secrets from parents, we are creating an open door for predators to walk through right into that child's life. And none of us, none of us consciously wants to take that chance. So all it takes is for you and me to honor and respect the parents' wishes and to let the children know how important that is. I promise you that no matter how difficult it is or how ridiculous it seems to you on any particular occasion, at the end of the day, you'll be really, really, really glad you did. Another one of the warning signs that we want to focus on today and reinvent, if you will, or reconsider or reassess is that person who goes overboard touching. You know, they're wrestling and tickling too much. They seem to think they can 
do whatever they want and have their hands on children in ways that could be overboard. You know, sometimes um, th- it seems this warning sign ought to be obvious to everybody. Consider the challenge for most of us is not in the area of wrestling and tickling, but in the words that it goes overboard. I mean, what does it mean to go overboard touching a child? Now, determining just where the line for overboard is can be puzzling. For example, as a coach, does that mean no pats on the back or hugs for athletes who just made a great effort? As a teacher, does that mean no hugs for a sobbing five-year-old? Or nobody can tend to a skin thing on the playground? Can't pick up a child and carry them when they're hurt? What are we supposed to do about a sobbing teenager with a broken heart? In some arenas, in some areas, going overboard has been defined as no touching at all. I'd like you to consider that goes overboard doesn't really mean that. The unfortunate thing about the choice of no touching at all is that children really need that warm, caring human touch to nurture them and help them grow into caring, loving adults. So then where do we draw the line? Well, there are a couple ways we can deal with this dilemma. First, we can take our cues from the child. Remember that piece of our acronym OPEN, that it is observable, proper, effortless, and non-sexual. That effortless piece is taking our cues from the child. If this youngster is reaching out for comfort or congratulations or compassion, be appropriate and honor their request. Just remember, no full body hugs, no kisses, nothing that is sexual in nature at all. Keep it open, observable, proper, effortless, and non-sexual. Observable, others can see you, proper, it's appropriate to the relationship. Effortless, the child is seeking comfort, congratulations, compassion, and non-sexual. It is clearly not sexual in nature. Second, if the child is in danger or at risk of harm in any way, you reach out and you take action. Keeping them safe is the goal. And although our podcast focuses on keeping them safe from sexual predators, keeping them safe is the goal. Now, third, if you touch them accidentally in an inappropriate way, or if you reach out and the child pulls away, Let them know they have all the say. Let the child know that you will honor their boundaries and explain what you were doing and why and apologize to them for the inappropriate accidental touch. 
You see, when you explain your actions, it gives you an opportunity once again to let the child know that you respect personal boundaries, that your intention is to honor those personal boundaries, and that they should too, and so should any of the others that they are interacting with of the environments and areas of their life. Today, we wanted to, again, bring forth two of those behavioral characteristics that are a risk of harm to children, those potentially risky adult behaviors, and remind you of the ways that might manifest itself and the ways we might get caught up in those situations where we become the catalyst, we become the conduit for someone with a different intention to gain access to our children. Taking the time to practice noticing, interrupting, and intervening in these behaviors, whether we see them in others or in our own interactions with the children in our environment that we care about, will be the way we make the ultimate difference and protect our children from sexual predators wherever they may be, and however they may be trying to gain access to our kids. Thank you again for being with me, for listening, and for sharing this podcast with others. If you have questions, comments, or things you want to share with me, you can reach me at swdkeepingthemsafe at gmail.com or at 918 Six two five six zero seven nine. You can leave a message and I'd be happy to call you back. Thank you for being with us today. I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.